This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hi, it's Vanessa from the Fighting Stigma Show on Free FM. Are you a Waikato local? Do you have an idea for a radio show? Do you want to try your hand at being a content creator on Free FM? If so, check out our website on freefm.org.nz or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. You're on the free breakfast. It is exactly 20 minutes to nine, and I'm going to be speaking with historian and author Deborah Chaloner. Deborah's had a career spanning over 20 years so far, hopefully many more, um, with as many publications as years. And she's acclaimed for the accuracy and depth of her historical research and for the way she weaves her characters into these real-life events. Deborah's appearing as a guest on the Fiction Panel for Hamilton Book Month, which starts next week. Uh, no, my heart am I, Deborah. Thank you for joining us on Free FM. You're welcome. And um, you're very well known now as a writer of over 17 historical fiction books, but your first books were non-fiction and based around the time of the Vietnam War, I think, particularly. What attracted you to that period, Deborah, and and how did you really get started? Um, Well, at university, which was a long time ago now, I saw a documentary called Hearts and Minds, it's an American documentary. Um, and I went along and saw it. It was really, really interesting. Um, but all sorts of aspects of the Vietnam War. And it started me thinking about, well, how did our soldiers get on in Vietnam? Mm. And I thought, oh, I'd quite like to do some of my university studies about that. And I couldn't then, because no one was really set up to study it, because we weren't really talking about Vietnam back then. This was in the late 70s. And I had to wait till I went back to university in the 90s, really, to do my PhD to really have a look at it. And that's, that's what got me going. And then I did my PhD on Vietnam. And that turned into my first book, Grey Ghosts. And that's how... It started really. That's how you started because after Grey Ghosts, which was um, the New Zealand Vietnam vets talking about their war, uh, you went on to Who'll Stop the Rain uh, yeah. as well, which was about Agent Orange. That would have been massively challenging material, I think, Deborah. It, it was. It, I have to say, that wasn't a huge seller. Um, my publisher thinks. It was a book before its time, oh. but I actually think it was a book that no one wanted to read because it is so challenging, and it still it still is because um, you know our veterans still are suffering from that issue and other issues that have sprung out of the Vietnam War, and I think it's still something we haven't cleared up, and we really do need to look at. You know, it's ongoing. It will be ongoing. It's a medical issue that has come out of the Vietnam War. It's not just us, of course. It's mm. it's everyone else who served in Vietnam. And I do touch on it a bit in um, my latest fiction novel, which we'll get to shortly. Yeah, well, I, I was expect, going to. Yeah. Ask, <laughs> I was going to ask you about that because, I mean, I guess as a historian, you know, you are focused on on facts and on truth and on un, un, uncovering I guess those truths which which um, are at times difficult and uh, it would be really interesting to see because I know the books have been 
critically you know um, acclaimed but as you say difficult reads and but you've returned to Vietnam a few times in your writing and um, I thought it was lovely you had the 2015 book My Australian Story for younger readers and I, I, I know that your new book is also set in this area era. so can you tell us a little bit about the new book which I think is out next year is that right? Yeah it is oh. I'm just I'm just editing it at it's literally up on my computer screen at the moment and I'm editing it and it's the fourth book in my latest series which is called The Ruthless Years and in it characters go to Vietnam it's the most modern modern era book I'll ever write it's just really hard to write books that I'm alive in that historical era because it doesn't feel like history to me but it is because it was 50 years ago yeah but anyway, that's a different story. Um, yeah, and I sort of, I suppose, I've been building up to writing this for ages and ages. And I personally think the, the great New Zealand Vietnam novels already been written, and that was a book called Deep J by Rod Eder, who who actually went to Vietnam. But this is this is my little effort. Um, so yeah, and it's got characters. My book has characters in it from the from the rest of the series. There's a couple of sisters who go in um, different capacities, and and two cousins, Sam and Eddie. Um, and so are they characters. Sorry. sorry, no, no, you guys. Just going to say because I, uh, readers will be excited. I think to to see who's coming back in these books. Um, yeah, they're all characters from the last couple of books grow, growing up. Um, and I'll just say not everybody comes home. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, look, it's, uh, well, it is, it's, you know, there's, there's sadness. It's not like uh, um, you can, we, we can save all of the characters because that wouldn't really be, I guess, the truth of, of mm. the context. I loved a, a photo that you posted recently on your Facebook page. It was showing the Quintiki band performing for troops. Can can you tell us, uh, you know, a little bit about some of those discoveries and photos and things you found when you were doing your research? Um, yeah, well, one of the characters in the new book is goes to Vietnam as an entertainer. She starts off as a really rabid anti-war protester, and then her sister goes to Vietnam as a nurse, and then she. The, the sister's name is Rowie and the anti-war protester's name is Joe, and she decides well she can't be a protester of her sister you know she, she needs to support her sister so she decides to go to Vietnam as an entertainer because she's also a, a folk singer she decides she doesn't like folk singers singing so she goes as an entertainer and the nurse is their points of view all change through their experiences of Vietnam and um, the two cousins, Sam and Eddie, their points of view change as well and it's just how the impact that the war has on different people and people at home and, um, you know, the impact that the protest that has, has on people because I really don't think we've looked at what Vietnam meant to us we didn't send many soldiers in in New Zealand, like we only sent 3,890. Mm. But I think it had more of an impact on us 
as a social impact than, than we like to think. But because it was small, we just sort of put it aside. And I don't think we should have. Yeah. It was a, a sort of a turning point for us. Yeah, and I think work like yours, um, whether it be your, your non-fiction or your fiction, is serving to tell some of those stories. And I guess that change of perspective through lived experience of being in the war uh, with, with you, that your characters are going through would have been reflected in real life. Um, yeah, because it's not just the people who went, it's their families as well, the wives and the children and their grandchildren, and they're still carrying those loads of, of the men who went. I mean, I, I I still hear from the wives and I hear from their children. So, you know, it's, it's not... It's, it's not just a thing that happened in time back then. Yeah. It, it moves forward with ev- with everybody. We're a small country. We're only sent a small contribution, but but the ripples still spread to the edges of our islands, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. And come with us. Well, I think it's um it's it's wonderful that you are focusing in on these stories and on that. I guess that longer impact and while there is that strangeness I suppose of it being part of your lived kind of your your life or happening within your time frame which is not your normal um, approach but there are those stories there and they are history now aren't they over 50 years ago they are so while you're in the process you, you said you've got it up on your screen while you're in that process of refining and editing as you are now is your mind moving to your next book and and how do you balance that time and, and, and what you're doing because you're full time writer aren't you this is yeah yeah. well it's a weird it's a bit weird um, I'm try, trying to put together a, a new series it'll be a series of three and it's going to be set in Sydney during the mid Victorian period about which is the 1860s or so about a woman who runs an undertaking business which is a bit different from what I'm editing. Yeah. So my sort of brain's going in all directions at the moment. So I'm editing this and I'm looking up, you know, pictures of post-mortem photography from the Victorian era and reading about funeral trains in Sydney. And, yeah, it's weird, but, you know... It might be quite good. Do you do you find that if you need a break from one, you can go off and sort of do some Google images and look? For <laughs> yeah, it's distracting though. Yeah, um, I've got I've got a deadline for this these edits, and I really should be focusing on that. But I'm not. I'm looking up pictures of of fabric coffins and grave robbing. <laughs> it sounds fun, but um, oh, look, it's hard, isn't it? Because you're sitting there with I know, that deadline. It's tempting. <laughs> it's, it's tempting, but yeah. I quite like the editing process actually because it's a chance to, to make things better and I've got off my high horse about other people fiddling with my work a long time ago so it's something I quite enjoy. Yeah, just that critical gaze of, of the editor to, to for the service of the whole project, isn't it? I think that's a challenge for a lot of writers. Oh, I've got a fantastic editing team and I've had the same team for 10 years and we work really, really well together now. You know, um, and I really, really value that. I, I really do. I know. I know when I haven't done a good job in a certain area, and I know 
basically what they're going to say. And I'm using really down to the wire when I hand in my manuscript. And so, to be honest, if I haven't done something that well, I think, oh, that doesn't matter. They're going to pick that up anyway. (laughs) That's great. That's a great relationship, isn't it? It it is, yeah. (laughs) My students um, wanted me uh, to ask you if you have any favourite characters because you've got quite a few of your books in series uh, that form into series. and. We were talking about that. We wondered whether uh, you start off thinking that there's going to be multiple stories or whether it happens a bit more organically. And, and they wanted me to say, yeah, do you have any favourite characters or series? I I think Friday's my favourite character because she's really naughty <laughs> and but really loyal and, and lovable. And she's quite hopeless with her alcoholism, but she's got that sort of out. And I like that series, The Combat Girls, mm. that the story arcs from that all worked really well. I planned that as a four-book series. Yeah. Um, but I quite like Kitty too, because she has to put up with Ryan, who her husband who is quite swashbuckling and <laughs> handsome but has some stupid ideas sometimes love it um, handsome and swashbuckling with some stupid ideas it could be it's a crap <laughs> well, well he's they go around the world and in their schooner doing things but then he decides he wants to be a gold miner and Ballarat and but that was an organic series that grew and grew that one yeah and it's, there's one more book to write in that which I'll get round to when I I do it yeah. yeah well look your writings it's so beloved by readers it's touched on so many important periods in the history of I think New Zealand and Australia and quite a few books set in Australia and it's no wonder it's reaches so many people and it's so popular and um, you know, so I'm really looking forward to hearing you on the fiction panel next week. Um, you'll be there with Catherine Chidgey and Michaela um, Arathmus, and I'm really delighted that you were able to join us this morning on the show. So thank you so much. Well, thank you very much for the opportunity. And um, yeah, really, really enjoyed talking with you. So uh, that's Deborah Challoner there, one of our best-selling fiction writers, talking about her historical fiction. You're on the free breakfast. It's six to nine. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.